0: Hi, folks. Andres here. We want to help you learn all about Barcelona. That's why you can listen to this episode in the Circa app for iPhone and get all the show notes, pictures, maps, and links you need to find everything we tell you about in this Barcelona guide. Best of all, in the Circa app, you can message a Circa concierge. You can get any question answered by real people here in Barcelona Where does CFC Barca play? How to use a metro? Where to eat a delicious seafood paella on the beach right now. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And who knows, you might even get to talk to me. For limited time, the Circa Travel app is completely free. Get it in the app store right now or at circatravel.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole?
1: welcome to circa in this dark city episode we'll be listing a lot of events buildings and squares in barcelona spain we're going to give you a lot of information but don't worry
0: there will be maps notes and info on the places mentioned in these guides in the circa
1: app whether you're in barcelona right now or would just like to learn all about the history of a city we truly love you're in the right place this is what we do
0: so put your headphones on and listen to the story of one of the most rebellious cities in Europe in one of its darkest moments. Let's go to Barcelona. Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. Standing on Las Ramblas, Barcelona's wide central walking street, filled with flower stalls and travellers, the sounds of slow traffic, and so many languages. It's hard to imagine what this street, one of the busiest on the continent, has seen in its history.
1: In the 14th century, it was a natural stream which carried water and sewage from the hills and Barcelona to the sea. During the Black Plague, the sick gathered here. In the 15th and 16th centuries, it was filled with markets, animals and fresh produce.
0: In the 17th century, it was the site of the city's first tram, which led up to Gracia, which at the time was a
1: village separated from Barcelona. In 1888, a statue to Columbus was erected at the end of this great thoroughfare. In the 20th century, it
0: was populated with artists and rogues. Café de Opera, a café opposite the Teatro del Liceo, was a hub for political and cultural discussions during the turbulent
1: 1920s. And on the 19th of July, 1936, it was the setting for a battle which would start the Spanish Civil War. I'm Neil
0: Linus, And I'm Andrés Bartos. In this episode, we're going to take you on a dark tour of Barcelona. A city where the scars from the Civil War are still visible, if you know where to look.
1: For a long time, this was a city that wanted to forget.
0: Look closer, and it's also a place in which you can find every level of emotion, and confusion, and conflict, still lingering after the longest single dictatorship in European history. The lead-up to the Spanish Civil
1: War. So listen, this is all complicated. To put it in a short backstory is nearly impossible. It's difficult to truly fathom the lead-up of any war, because after all, the preamble seems so tiny in comparison to the actual events. The
0: Spanish Civil War is no exception. But to really understand what was happening here in 1936, it's important that we go a little further back.
1: Despite the monarchy of Spain remaining neutral during the First World War, after 1918, the country and the continent were both incredibly divided.
0: The war devastated the whole continent. Drastic measures for cultural, social, and economic change were taken or attempted. Countries had been destroyed, rebuilt, renamed, redrawn on maps. Four enormous imperial dynasties collapsed, and in the aftermath, many civil wars in many different countries raged.
1: In four short years, around 22 million people were killed in Europe, soldiers and civilians. The Spanish flu ran rampant, spread by the armies and the refugees across the world, taking an estimated 50 million more.
0: As the USA began to emerge as a global powerhouse, Nationalism took hold in Europe, as the continent was rebuilding,
1: or trying to. By the 1920s, the dream of this rebuilding, or restoration, as they called it, seemed a joke to many Spaniards. Politics were a disaster, with power-changing hands in the blink of an eye. There were labor wars and terrorism. By 1923,
0: Spain was already under the control of a dictator, Miguel Primo de Rivera. He was a man who really didn't believe in politics or in politicians, for that matter.
1: In an attempt to cover the country's debts at the time, he first raised taxes and then took out huge public loans, which drove up inflation. He was forced to resign in 1930 after a disastrous time for the nation.
0: By the end of the decade, the ruling classes of Spain, wealthy business and landowners, military leaders and conservatives, wanted to forget it all, go back to how things were before the Great War. They butted heads with leftists seeking social change,
1: workers, unions and educated average earners. In 1931, the King of Spain, Alfonso XIII, the man who had appointed and approved Rivera, felt the friction in his kingdom and finally allowed an election. The people of every municipality in the country voted to form a new republic. The king fled to Rome without abdicating. Less
0: than two years later, cracks within Spanish society were becoming
1: fractures.
0: It's 1933, and José Antonio Primo de Rivera, the eldest son of the late dictator, formed a far-right nationalist group called Falange Española, the Spanish phalanx. Their focus was to take down the Republican government with assistance from Italian dictator Benito Mussolini.
1: In Spain, the economy was on its head, upside down and inside out. The Great Depression had made sure of that. General strikes and revolt were constant. The government collapsed, and new elections were called in
0: 1936. The communists, anarchists, and socialists joined together in a coalition, won, and took on an ambitious program of land reform for the poor,
1: which the rich hated. The fascists, now militia, began a violent campaign for their own interests. Spain's left and right were about to come together in a very bad way. After a series of political assassinations, the military staged a coup to oust the left-wing government.
0: Meanwhile, much of the Spanish army was in one of the country's last colonies, Morocco. This is where the Spanish Civil War would, technically, begin. Headed by the youngest general in Spanish history, Francisco Paulino Hermenegildo Teodulo
1: Franco Beamonde. We'll just call him Franco. At 5 a.m. on the 18th of July, 1936, and then in Spain 24 hours later, military garrisons rose up in a revolt all across the country.
0: Franco wanted control of every major city in Spain. The coup in Barcelona.
1: The center point of Barcelona is Plaza Catalunya. It sits atop of Las Ramblas. These days, it's a meeting place filled with thousands of pigeons and dotted with fountains, surrounded by big department stores.
0: It's a center for many of the city's most famous streets. Pasej de Gracia, Rambla de Catalunya, and Portal del Ángel all spoke off this huge square. If you want a big shopping day in the city, or you haven't quite decided
1: what to do with your friends, this is where you meet. It's also the start or the end point of the city's biggest protests and demonstrations. And this was the strategic end goal of Franco's army.
0: In the early morning of the 19th of July, 1936, 5,000 men of the 4th Division of the Spanish Army, who had been stationed at the garrisons on the outskirts of the city, planned to use the huge plaza as their meeting point.
1: Most of the Spanish army supported the coup, but many didn't refusing to go against a democratically elected government. The capital's civil guard and the Catalan police force also remained loyal to the Republic. News of the revolt had reached
0: Barcelona the previous day, but Uis Companys, the president of the region, refused to arm the people. Instead, the CNT, the Catalan Federation of Labor, stepped up. This once group of trade unionists had been expanding the idea of anarchism in the country since before the First World War. They were now the largest union in the country.
1: Today, amongst the bars and boutiques that fill Carrer Joaquin Costa in the neighborhood of El Raval, you'll find the CNT bookstore. It's called La Rosa del Foc, The Rose of Fire. It's filled with anarchist and socialist books, political novels and biographies. The store is also a community center, hosting special events and discussions. It's a tiny but fascinating place worth checking out. But
0: back to the night in question in 1936. The CNT, left in the lurch by the government of Catalunya, assaulted some army depots and a prison ship in the port of the city, taking as many arms and ammunition as they could carry. They began to craft Molotov cocktails, grenades, and improvised armoured cars. They also ransacked the armories of the city, and over the course of the evening, those loyalists opposed to Franco's coup had armed all of the people they could.
1: The anarchists constructed barricades of rocks and upended paving stones in order to block the approaching army with help from the Catalan Civil Guard and the police. The snipers and the homemade bombs prevented a lot of Franco's troops reaching the center. But one group of infantry did make it and would occupy the telephone exchange on Plaza Catalunya.
0: The building is still there today as the Movistar Center, with a square, stout clock tower. Along La Ramblas, many hotels were occupied too. Anarchist snipers aiming down the long walking street from the balconies.
1: The big plaza was a battleground, and over the course of the day, the anarchists and the loyalists surrounded all the military-held buildings in the city, including the Hotel Colon and the Ritz. Bodies of people and horses lay amongst the smashed cars and barricades which filled the square.
0: The people of Barcelona had the upper hand, and by the end of the day, Franco's men only held the Drazanes barracks near the port and the Andreu barracks on
1: the outskirts of the city. The remaining troops surrendered in the morning, and the CNT seized 30,000 rifles from the barracks. In the city, 500 people had been killed and more than 3,000 wounded.
0: The coup had failed. In fact, the uprisings all over Spain had mostly failed. Now, in Barcelona, the anarchists were in charge, the first anarchist government in history. But there was now officially a civil war.
1: Orwell in Barcelona. Over the next five months, 60,000 volunteers from all over the world arrived in Spain. They had signed up to help fight against Franco's army, who marched on Madrid in November of 36. But they were held off by strong Republican resistance. Madrid would be under siege for 28 days. In total, it would be defended for two and a half years.
0: Franco had given control of the Mediterranean to the Italians in exchange for aid and had also been sympathetic to the causes of one
1: Adolf Hitler.
0: The eyes of the world were on Spain.
1: In December, a young socialist and writer named Eric Arthur Blair and his wife Eileen O'Shaughnessy arrived in Barcelona. Blair had contacted the head of the British communists, saying he wished to take up arms against Franco's nationalist army.
0: Despite being called a fool by his friends, he and his wife checked into the Hotel Continental at the top of Las Ramblas, which is still a beautiful, ornate, and relatively cheap place to stay.
1: Blair wrote, It was the first time I had ever been in a town where the working class was in the saddle. Practically every building of any size had been seized by the workers and was draped with red flags, or with the red and black flag of the anarchists.
0: Eric Arthur Blair was remarkably tall, six foot and three inches. He was awkward, bookish. He didn't look like a soldier, but he would fight with the PUM—that's That's P-O-U-M, a communist
1: political party, rifle in hand. On the 3rd of May, 1937, a five-day fight between different Republican groups, communists, socialists, and anarchists, resulted in a bloody skirmish in the streets of Barcelona.
0: Eric Blair would be caught up in the fight, and only a few days later, his voluntary service was ended when he was shot in the neck, fighting in Aragon, west of Catalonia. Some say his height, almost a head and a half taller than the average Spanish soldier, might have saved his
1: life. Narrowly surviving his injury, he returned to the Hotel Continental to recover and started to write notes for his book, Homage to Catalonia, under his pen name, George Orwell. To this day,
0: Orwell's book on the war is the first book on the Spanish Civil War most history buffs ever
1: read. Just off Las Ramblas, behind the beautiful Plaza Real, you'll find Plaza George Orwell. This square which was once a meeting point for the anarchists to defend the coup that night in Barcelona, is also now known as Placid Tripi, Tripi Square, or sometimes Acid Square, hints at this kind of disobedient reputation for which it was named. So, in 1996, it was named after the writer, but it remained a place for the youth to get into trouble.
0: So much trouble, in fact, that ironically, in 2001, it became the first place in the city that Big Brother began watching when the first CCTV cameras were installed. It's calmed down a lot since then, and now has a kids' playground, a handful of tapas bars and terraces, some tattoo parlors, and a punk hair salon. In the center sits a surrealist sculpture by Leandre Cristofol, which most people just call
1: the trippy. Orwell's time recuperating in the hotel on Les Ramblers also doubled for him and his wife as a safe house. The POUM with whom Orwell was closely tied were not exactly in good favor with Franco, and Orwell and Eileen fled to England.
0: Orwell would of course go on to pen Animal Farm and 1984, two of the greatest anti-establishment novels ever written. But his mark on Barcelona, or... should that be Barcelona's mark on him, certainly steered his political stances for the rest of his life and formed a life experience which in turn informed the revolutionary ideas of two of the most
1: seminal modern classics in literature. If you want to learn more about Orwell and much more about Catalonia in the Civil War, we can highly recommend our good friend Nick Lloyd's excellent Civil War tour. We'll put a link for you in the notes.
0: Hi everyone, Circa's recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. The civil war was gathering steam around the country, but having still failed to take the capitals of Madrid and Barcelona, Franco once again looked to Italy. His frequent calls to sympathetic Italian dictator Benito Mussolini helped conceive of a new kind of terrorism.
1: In February of 1937, Barcelona was bombed from the air by Franco, with the help from the Italian and German air force. It was the first of 192 raids. A military practice that had only been briefly rehearsed during
0: the First World War. Barcelona became the first city in history to be indiscriminately attacked from the air.
1: Plaza San Felip Neri is one of the most serene, peaceful squares in the whole city. It's not far from Les Ramblas, and it's only accessible by two small walking streets. The quietness of the square hits home when you notice the bricks of the facing building.
0: They're pockmarked with holes, big and small. At the time, Francoist authorities would report that these marks were bullet holes from the Catalans' execution of members of the Spanish church, a myth which would paint the anarchists as the enemy. The real story
1: is much more horrific. On the 30th of January in 1938, one of Mussolini's bombs missed a nearby target and fell right in this square. This place at that time was a makeshift orphanage for the city's displaced children. A second bomb fell on rescue
0: workers as they tried to save people from the burning building. 42 people, mostly children were killed here after the orphanage caught fire,
1: and over a hundred were injured. Visiting this square is still incredibly powerful. These marks left as a respectful, terrible reminder. It's really a sobering experience, especially when the primary school, which is on the square, is let out to play. It's hard to imagine the scene here on that day in
0: 1938. Barcelona had little to no air defences, and hardly more than a few minutes of warning. The Italians used a silent approach technique, with their bombers flying at a high altitude, cutting their engines only to start them again after they had dropped their explosives. The attacks were so consistent that it was difficult to know if the air raid sirens were calling the beginning or the end of a warning.
1: The Passive Defense Board enlisted working class men and women to build bunkers and air raid shelters all over the city, more than a thousand of them, first in metro stations and then later right into the city's mountainsides and under main squares. Years later,
0: during the Second World War, Winston Churchill and the British Intelligence Service would hire the Catalan engineer Ramón Pereira who designed many of the air raid shelters in Barcelona to help during the Blitz of London.
1: Some of these bunkers in Barcelona are still open to visit, and there are fascinating glimpses into the conditions of life during wartime.
0: In Poblesec, head to Refugi 307. You can be guided through 400 meters of pitch black narrow tunnels, rooms, and spaces by some excellent knowledgeable guides. It's open Monday to Saturday and it costs about 5 euros. We recommend booking in
1: advance. To see another piece of the city's dark history firsthand, head to the Turo de la Rovira heritage space. The remains of a small anti-aircraft battery defended Barcelona from the constant airstrikes.
0: Locals refer to this place as the bunkers of Carmel. It's often been cited as one of the city's best-kept secrets because... Darkness or dark tourism aside, it has the best view of Barcelona at 272 meters above the city. The secret is out. Avoid the weekends and the holidays, head there really early in the morning, and take in one of the most mind-blowing sunrises of your life. But think about it with this context. From up here, the place where you're sitting, back in 1938, you would have seen the city on fire.
1: The bombing of Barcelona reached its terrible peak over three days in March of 1938. From 10.08pm on March
0: 16th until 3.19pm on March 18th, there were continuous attacks. For more than 40 hours, nearly 80 buildings were completely destroyed in the city centre.
1: The numbers have varied and then increased over the years, but right now it's believed that around 1,500 people were killed. More than 2,000 were injured by 44 tons of bombs from German and Italian planes with Spanish markings. The attack was condemned by Western democracies all over the world, and the clincher, Franco himself, hadn't been informed of them, and on the 19th of March, it was he who asked for the suspension of the bombings.
0: Nevertheless, his war raged on. And eventually, a near-beaten Republican army saw its last hope of victory disappear. Francoist troops entered and took Barcelona in January 1939. And by February,
1: it had fallen. Madrid would fall one month later. The war lasted two years and 254 days. Franco's dictatorship would last 36 years. the dictatorship in Barcelona.
0: In October of 1940, at the castle on the green hill of Mondrique, which sits to the south of the city, Catalonia's president, Lluís Compagnes, was led into the moat barefoot and put in front of a firing squad. He refused to wear a blindfold. His last
1: words were, for Catalonia. The stadium used for the 1992 Olympics is named in his memory. In 1998, a monument to Campanje was placed on a street which also bears his name.
0: The story of the castle is an incredible one. It has been used to bomb its own city and as a prison, as it was after the Civil War. It's now a museum to the history of the city's many wars. You should definitely visit this place. The darkness of what has happened inside these castle walls is juxtaposed with incredible views of the city and the port and some beautiful parks. It's around five euros to enter or, insider tip, free on Sunday afternoons
1: after 3 p.m. As always, we'll have a link to purchase tickets in the notes. As the Second World War began, Spain was still repairing the damage of their civil war. Along with many towns, villages, cities, and lives, the economy was also destroyed. Franco traveled to meet with Hitler to bargain a price for Spain's army to join the fight. The country waited with bated breath, but thankfully, Hitler wasn't one to bargain. Two days later, Franco was sent home. The Nazi dictator told Benito Mussolini, I would rather have
0: four of my own teeth pulled out than go through another meeting with that man again.
1: Spain took a neutral stance, which would end up severely hurting the view of the country in the eyes of the world. After World War II, Franco would be labeled by the UN as the last fascist dictator.
0: In Spain, though, he held more power than any leader in the country before or since despite the fact that as many people hated him as supported him. He declared the country a monarchy in 1947, but the throne remained empty. He appointed no king and instead took up the title of
1: regent for life. The country's prison population was 233,000. The cells crowned with political captives, Franco would execute or starve most of them before the 1950s, though official records claim only 35,000 were killed. In Barcelona, a lot changed.
0: Workers' unions were disbanded, socialists and anarchist parties were repressed and monitored, and the Communist Party of Spain, the PCE, went underground. Also, And most importantly, the unification of Spain meant one language. The people of Catalonia, Galicia in the west, and the Basque Country to the north bordering France, they were forbidden to officially use or teach their own unique languages. This would remain the case until the 1970s.
1: The church reigned supreme. Weddings were Catholic or declared null. Divorce, abortion, birth control, homosexuality, and prostitution were illegal. Franco tore up most of the progressive laws passed by the Republic aimed at equality between the sexes. During the dictatorship, women could not even open a bank account without a man's signed permission.
0: Ironically, in 1959, it would be Catalonia and the Basque Country whose industry and ports would help drastically in an unprecedented era of prosperity for the country what historians now call the Spanish miracle.
1: Iron, steel, shipbuilding and machinery, textiles, cars and petroleum left from the cities of Bilbao, Tarragona and Barcelona. It's no coincidence that they remain two of the richest regions in the country. Industrial working class neighborhoods like Poblenou were renewed. The one-time industrial center of Catalonia has now become a pretty cool hub of warehouses, workspaces, ace restaurants, and beautifully renovated flats, with the summer advantage of being right on the seafront.
0: The port in Barcelona is actually three ports, and now has more than 2,000 years of history. First, there's the old industrial port to the south, filled with shipping containers and cranes.
1: There's a passenger port with ferries leaving frequently to Ibiza, Mallorca, and Menorca. Lastly, there's
0: Porto Bay, which raises a walking bridge to let out luxurious sailboats and holds the Barcelona Aquarium and the Magnum Mall. Take the cable car, known here in the city as the Teleferic, from Montjuic to the port for the best view of the thousands of colored shipping containers and incredible city views. This cable car was opened in 1929 and closed during the Spanish Civil War when its huge
1: support towers were used as artillery posts against aircraft. Take the cable car from Teleferic del Port. It's 15 euros, but the ride is worth it, if you don't mind the heights. And at the end of the trip, you'll be back on beautiful Munch The death of Franco.
0: The 1960s and 70s saw an aging Franco in declining health. His last few national addresses showed a frail old
1: man or a monster, depending on who you asked. After a long battle with Parkinson's disease, he fell into a coma on the 30th of October of 1975 and was put on a life support machine. On the 20th of November, his family ordered that it be turned off. The
0: last dictator was dead and the government declared 30 days of official national mourning. But Barcelona had other plans.
1: After three and a half decades of repression, Spain was finally ready for the counterculture movement that had been bubbling away in Europe and the US for nearly 10 years to arrive with a bang. We've been told that when news of Franco's death hit the streets of Barcelona, there was silence. But the silence only amplified the thousands of champagne bottles being opened along with stifled cheers as a patrolling Spanish civil guard listened in.
0: Barcelona and Catalonia wanted only to look forward, and strive forward. In 77, the Catalan government was restored. The Spanish constitution was rewritten in 78 to
1: recognize autonomous regions of the country, including Catalunya. Catalan television channels were created. Songs were sung, films were made. There was an explosion of creativity and art throughout the country in all regional languages. Most of the world called the period after the death of Franco the democratic transition. But here, it was just called El Destape. The
0: undressing. The rediscovery. Wild, trashy pop music, bright and raunchy films with no censorship laws to stop nudity, profanity, or anything else saw a series of exuberant, colorful outpourings of
1: every kind of cheeky filth. Spain reached out to the world and the world started rediscovering Spain. The 80s saw tourism in the south of the country at an all-time high, but for Barcelona, the 1992 Olympic Games drew the world to the city.
0: Economic ups and downs aside, tourism has been this city's bread and butter since. It's been a little bit of a rocky relationship, but there is no real ill-will towards visitors. Most Catalans have way too much respect for that. But it is worth noting as a traveler that if you're talking to anyone over a certain age, they may remember living under one of the longest dictatorships in European history.
1: And they take pride in living in this bastion of resistance to the end. Spain has undergone incredible changes since 1975, from being a super conservative state to a secular one from being completely sexually repressed to becoming one of the first European countries to legalize same-sex marriage. And the
0: talk of independence from Spain is a constant and ongoing conversation. It reached a boiling point in 2017 when a referendum for Catalan independence was deemed illegal by the Spanish Constitutional Court. Thousands of civil guard hit the streets and used violent force to stop people voting. For many older people in the city, the images broadcast were a harsh flashback to a time most people would rather forget.
1: All 327 of Franco's commemorative plaques and references to him in street names and more have just recently been removed from Barcelona. Again, no looking back, only forward
0: but that too is beginning to change. Reconnection, reconciliation, reparations are all beginning to rise to the surface of a very, very dark past. There's even talk of an immense civil war museum project, the first of its
1: kind in Barcelona. In 2019, the body of Francisco Franco was exhumed from an enormous basilica, 50 kilometers outside of Madrid, called the Valley of the Fallen a monument to the ghosts of the Civil War, sullied by a monument to the man who caused it. Amid
0: pro-Franco protests and much controversy, his remains were taken and put in a modest family plot next to his wife. The current prime minister of Spain, Pedro Sánchez, said on national television, modern Spain is the product of forgiving, but it cannot become the product of forgetting. Thanks for listening to our Dark City episode of Barcelona. Remember to check out the other episodes in this guide for deeper dives into Barcelona, including its architecture, its food, and navigating
1: the city with kids. Whether you're heading to Barcelona right now, sometime in the near future, or would just like to learn all about a place we truly love, you'll get instant access to the full guide, plus new episodes on a regular basis when you subscribe to Circa.
0: Maybe you want to check out our guides for Los Angeles, Iceland, Rome, Costa Rica,
1: and many, many more. And many more to come. For access to everything that comes along with a Circa subscription, be sure to download the Circa app.
0: Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it.